In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... one person. Coming in from China. It's going to disappear. One day it's like a miracle. It will. We're going to all be great. We're going to be so good. This is a pandemic. The Betches Sup Podcast. No, I don't take responsibility at all. Hello and welcome to the Sup Daily Corona Cast. I'm Amanda Duberman. And I'm Elise Morales. And the Corona Cast is your daily rundown of all the latest news on COVID 19, how we're getting through it, and just how close we are to ending this crisis, that crisis. All the, the crises. crisis. <laughs> I know, it's like we started about one crisis. It's kind of about another crisis now, but... Nothing happened to the other crisis. No. Other crisis is alive and well. Absolutely still actively in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, oh, brutal. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a week. It's been a week, yeah. And we want to know. You know what? It's been a three days. It's been. A, oh my god! It's Wednesday. Oh <laughs> my god! I'm still been talking about this weekend as if it was like that's the most recent thing. Like, did you guys see what happened this weekend or Monday or Tuesday? And then it's like actually yesterday was horrifying too. And right. like, yeah, uh, it already felt like every day was the same. And then somehow, oh my god! It's Tuesday. <laughs> I didn't even correct you. Didn't even. Didn't even. I was like, Amanda says it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. No. It's not Wednesday. <sighs> but what is Wednesday? What is Wednesday? What is Wednesday? All I know is it's only significant for telling me what to wear, which is pink. <laughs> uh, so today is Tuesday. And on this Tuesday, uh, we understand and appreciate that some people are choosing not to create or share content today. Um, we wanted to continue doing our podcast um, today because we felt the events of last night specifically really shouldn't be ignored and are important to highlight. And it's in the interest of the movement and what we're all fighting for to make sure we address it today. And we will be using our other channels and platforms to uplift other voices that have uh, much more authority on this topic than, than we do. Yeah. As- you know, I, th- I definitely been seeing a lot of back and forth going on about the blackout Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you listen to organizers and activists in this space and they say if you're gonna post the black box don't use the black lives matter hashtag or blm use just blackout tuesday or don't hashtag it whatever but um if you use the black lives matter one then it kind of just floods that hashtag and that hashtag is actually being used to get information to people about protests and actions and stuff like that so just be careful there. And, you know, there is a second part of the Blackout Tuesday. It's not just about you blacking out. It's also about amplifying the voices of, like, Black creators, Black artists, Black activists, and stuff like that. So I'm going to – I posted the Black Box, but I'm going to be amplifying other voices on my story, and that's kind of how I yeah. – have chosen to yeah. observe. You um, already influenced me, Elise. I watched, I read a couple places telling me to watch LA 92 and then I watched it. I didn't watch the whole thing last night. 
It's a really I, I good I stopped dog. watching it when I couldn't tell if the sirens were coming from the TV or outside <laughs> my window. It just felt like that's not how I needed to end my night. I obviously had the privilege to choose to, how I was going to yeah. end my night. But um, yeah, it was really, we, we put that in a list on Betches of, of documentaries to watch. And that was one I hadn't seen. And it was really tough to watch because there's just scenes of like um, faith leaders and local politicians and the mayor at the time in 92 who was black listing names of people who had recently been killed or beaten and just saying, how much more is it going to take? How many more black people have to die? Like how much, how is it still going to be allowed to kill black people and hearing that urgency and that despair in 1992 and knowing that this is yeah years later and it feels like the, the list of names goes on and on and on. Well, it's been really interesting because I watched that one and then there's also another one that is available. I have I would love to pay someone to watch this documentary, but the only <laughs> way that I've been able to find it <laughs> is for free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one called Uprising Hip Hop in the LA Riots that is narrated by Snoop Dogg. That, and that one's also really interesting. And it's just crazy to see like, what they were talking about then in the 92 uprising that happened. And then also to go back even further to the Watts riots in the sixties, which were also started by an instance of police brutality and to see black and white images of people in Los Angeles in the sixties saying the same thing that they're saying in 92, saying the same thing that they're saying in 2020. So it's yeah. just like, I do think it's important to kind of, go back and see that uh, and kind of learn that history. Interesting fact, I lived in LA during that time, but I was two years old, so I did not. Oh my gosh. I did not speak out. It didn't leave. I will admit that in 1992, I I did not. I was ignorant. You were blacking out a lot, but it was just because you were napping. Yeah, I did. I can't can't say that I used my voice at that time, mostly because I could not speak words. (laughs) That's literally the only excuse. (laughs) Yeah, if you're a baby and you're not posting, I get it. I get it. Although there Uh, are definitely probably some like woke baby accounts that are that are on fire today. Absolutely. Yeah. I also absolutely. found it, you know, we all, we all know this is not a new topic, but it sort of has become a lot more real and compelling to a lot of people since, I mean, there was video of, of, of Rodney King being beat, but I actually hadn't seen, this is really terrible, but I, I frankly hadn't seen video of him doing anything else. I, I'd only seen that. I've, I'd read interviews with him and read his statements, but I'd never watched him speak about what happened to him. And just something about seeing that um, just made it really, really hit it in a, like this is really what's been happening for this long. We know it is, but we feel a little bit more connected to people if they're like our peer or it's happened in recent years. We feel like we experienced that and know what happened and really like ingested it. But I didn't feel, obviously I wasn't, I was alive for that, but we didn't feel it. But to like actually have like absorbed video of it the way that I would these instances, because uh, for better or for worse, it seems to be what's affecting people a lot is, uh, is watching what happened. Yeah. And, and I, I feel useful. It's interesting. I mean, it's just my a lot of what I've been thinking about is just kind of going back and educating myself about the history that I have not been educated about that like should have been included yeah. in my education but wasn't. And like the things that you you don't learn like even even in the broad strokes cuz people know like okay, the LA riots were about Rodney King. And that's what people know. But 
if you look at the, if you watch these documentaries, they were actually also about the death of this young, a 15 year old girl named Latasha Harlan, mm-hmm. who was killed. Um, and it inflamed like a lot of tensions between the black community and the Korean community because she was killed by a Korean shop owner. That was also on film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the shop owner was actually convicted of murder, but the white female judge gave her, let her off, like did not have her serve any time. Wow. So it was like, it was, it reminds me a lot of this because we have the death of George Floyd, but we also have the death of Breonna Taylor. That's, mm-hmm. um, and it's just interesting how I do feel like you see kind of, and I've, I've heard like black women talk about this, that like the men kind of get to be the overarching story. And then there's like this female footnote to that story. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So let's get into the actual news of the day. Um, Last night, President... Trump decided to leave his bunker and and bless us with his presence. <laughs> Everyone couldn't wait to hear from him and here and now we have. So yeah. yesterday on a call with the nation's governors, Trump reportedly told state leaders to do whatever it takes to quote unquote dominate the protesters. Uh, In this conference call, Trump threatened to deploy the U.S. military to restore order in states hit by days of unrest and to put down violent demonstrations. Those are his words. He er again, he urged leaders. He kept saying he wants them to dominate the protesters. Very weird language there. Um, And that if they don't, they risk looking like a bunch of jerks, which is like he also was like, you got to arrest him, put him away for 10 years. It's like you can't we like <laughs> you can't just decide that like no, you the- can't just decide that but remember when he decided that about the exonerated five he just decides somebody should go to jail and he's like i'm gonna do everything i can exactly he literally thinks he doesn't realize that like there are laws that determine how long you would go to jail for something like even just because someone's been arrested doesn't mean they get 10 years in jail <laughs> right not right. in it america what they're crying whatever but he doesn't know anything or care because he has an authoritarian personality yeah (laughs) so 
Uh, on this call, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker called out Trump for inflaming the tensions with his rhetoric. Uh, basically, he was like, hey, it's actually really not helpful when you tweet things like when the looting starts, the shooting starts, which is actually like from segregationists back in the day. Like, that's actually not helping the situation. Um, and then Trump responded by saying that governors are weak. And then he was like, and I actually don't even like you. So you don't like me. I don't yeah. like you. He like went in about like coronavirus. Like, I don't think yeah. he did a good job. Yeah. I mean, he's We're like, gonna talk he's, about this. He's truly so pathetic. He like, he can't even for one second hear a critique. He couldn't even just be like, okay, thank you. Thank you right. for that information. Right. Whatever. Or just deflect in an infuriating way, like Pence does. Just say something else. Say literally anything else. Yeah, like, it's it's just, I don't know. It's, he's just pathetic. He's just a pathetic and sad man. Yeah. So, um, anyway, Trump is threatening to unleash the military on civilians, basically via this 1800s law that has been meant to quell insurrections. It's called the Insurrection Act of 1807. And it allows the president to deploy the U.S. military to suppress civil disorder. Um, military leaders themselves are saying that this could set a dangerous president, uh, I almost said dangerous president. <laughs> <laughs> But it's actually a dangerous precedent. We're worried that they're going to be setting a dangerous... Our dangerous president will set a dangerous precedent by invoking the Insurrection Act of 1807. The most dangerous people in our society say. I know. I'm like, I'm like that's a fun tongue twister, eh? They're like, call somebody else. Meanwhile... Over 17,000 members of the National Guard are already standing ready to support local law enforcement across 23 states and Washington, D.C. 250 military personnel are ready to deploy in D.C. So this is the most dramatic response to nationwide protests since the 60s. We haven't seen this kind of like mobilization against protesters since that time. Um, and last night, they literally flew Black Hawk whatever planes helicopters helicopters i don't know i don't know aircraft. it was so funny because i well it wasn't funny at all but i was watching the video saying like there's a black hawk above scaring these people and i had to look at the video for so long it was because i didn't even occur to me that it could be so close to them it was basically on the ground with them literally trying to intimidate them the yeah ma- like it's- the national guard I mean, I can't imagine if I was protesting at the White House, having heard Trump's rhetoric and all that stuff, and if I saw a military helicopter fly over me, I would be extremely scared. I have a hard time protesting if I'm, like, a little bit hungry. So, like, (laughs) I've had to get past it, but, like, oh, man, the people out there, and, and, you know, so many people in the image were flappable, unflappable. Like, they were just like, all right, cool, do your thing. I know. And it's, I mean, you really just have to, like, just hats off to the people who are on the front lines of, of, of the protests in D.C. Because I do feel like, I mean, protesters everywhere. Protesters everywhere have been facing crazy responses. I mean, even here in New York, things have been really, really intense, literally people driving their cars into protesters and by people I mean the NYPD but in DC it's really the situation is really starting to get scary because that's where he is 
and he loves photo ops and stuff like that. So we'll obviously get into what happened next. But I feel like the DC protesters in particular are facing the threat of being his props. And that is very scary. It's really, really scary. Yeah, and that that happened last night. So the president made a speech, I guess. He made an address. He was just like a sentient tweet. It's hard to call anything that he says a speech. It's like the president wandered into the Rose Garden and started talking. And I guess that's a speech. (laughs) (laughs) The technical term might have to be speech, but it barely, barely fulfills the qualification. An old man wandered onto the lawn of St. John's Episcopal Church and kind of waved a Bible around and started saying stuff. (laughs) Started Uh, saying stuff. (laughs) Screaming for law and order. He basically said all the shit that he said on the phone, but I mean, the more notable was just the visual of the whole thing. It was just him and his entire team. I believe everybody with him is about 10 people. Uh, I believe they were all white, um, pretty much all men. I'm not sure if Ivanka was there. Kaylee McEnany was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically crossed over from the White House to um, – they wanted to get a photo with a church across the street, um, a church that is pretty iconic and had been damaged in previous rioting. So he wanted to get his sort of like law and order picture – I guess like picture with a Bible by yeah. they've got a moon rock. Dilapidated. At that Ooh, what what that's so neat. They have it's like in um I think it's in the stained glass. They've got a moon really? rock. Really? Wow. So that's... anyway, I get why he was so upset. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we gotta protect that moon rock. Space is like his only distraction right now. So he's like, fuck True. moon rock. Um the moon rock is fine. The moon no rock's one, fine. Nobody's Nobody touched the moon rock. Nobody touched Every, the moon rock. Everybody's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But they just pushed the shit out of people and unleashed tear gas. They didn't seem to say, okay, move, the president's coming now. Just instantly, suddenly, there was a chaotic scene where there was tear gas going into crowds that did not do anything. There's one video where, if, I mean, I spent a lot of time watching the videos because I wanted to see how police, what they were doing to each individual person. They're just like, they're fucking just pushing people. Like, that weren't even friends. them, just pushing them out of the way or just onto yeah. each other. And um, so, this yeah. was prior to D.C.'s curfew. Yes, also. this was a Like, these daylight. people were peacefully, legally assembled. They were not violating any rules. They just happened to be where the president wanted to show up, and they get gassed and shot with rubber bullets. Yeah, remember when we denounced nations that gas their own people? Remember that? TBT. TBT. <laughs> So that was very chilling to watch. Um, So shortly after that, the bishop of that church, she was not having it. She didn't get a heads up. She was like, if I had, I would have said absolutely not. Um, Her name is uh, Marianne Buddha, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, I couldn't decide if it was Buddha or Bud, but it's B-U-D-D-E. Yeah, yeah. In case you want to Google her because she's cool. In case you want to Google her, she's a dope chick. She has basically been on... TV ever since telling people how annoyed she is by this. Um, and I mean that in a good way. She basically said he didn't ask. He was clearly using it as a prop. He doesn't pray. Um, I'm offended by this. Let's play a clip. He held in his hand the most sacred texts of our Jewish and Christian traditions, uh, texts that call upon us to love God and love neighbor, that proclaims every human being to be a beloved child of God and exhorts us to live lives of peace and justice. 
Um, and as you saw, um, or as you displayed it prior to doing so, um, he was um, he was preceded by a, a violent clearing of nonviolent protesters to make his way. And he was using our church as a backdrop and the Bible as a prop um, in ways that I found to be um, deeply offensive. Yeah, same. I mean, it's it's interesting because I feel like, you know, so much gets made about Trump's support among evangelicals and how it's kind of like unflappable no matter what he does. But it is interesting to hear like when religious leaders actually do speak out and they're like, no, this is not what we're about. He does not uphold any of the values <laughs> of our sacred text. Right. He's only here for our moon rock. <laughs> He's clearly only here about the moon rock. Clearly. So somebody told him like there's a moon rock there. Somebody this was definitely like Jared's like genius photo op idea. And Trump was like, I don't want to go. I just don't feel like it. And Jared was like, There's a moon rock. He's like, okay. He's like, All right, I'll go. I'll go. I'm sure that he'll be attacking her any minute. And this was not at all, you know, the only disturbing scene. You guys have probably seen them. It's hard to describe them on a podcast, but running through them just to show how much they pile up. Um, really disturbing. Hundreds of armed vigilantes wandered around Philadelphia instigating tent standoffs with protesters. The fuck? There were images like circulating on social media that they had basically, it looked like pre-gamed the protests with their cop friends, which just like, it doesn't help sort of dissuade anyone that like the police are an arm of the Trump administration and are colluding with groups of angry white men running through the streets with bats because like instigating tension with black people. I mean, it was just terrifying to watch and think what could have happened. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously there are a lot of really alarming elements about the whole situation and like how it's playing out and all of that stuff. But I mean, you'll if you look on conservative media you'll see the sentiment all over that's like we're just waiting for president trump to tell us when we can go gun down these protesters and we've got trump saying when the looting starts the shooting starts we've got freaking matt gates dumbest boy in the world matt gates who's a congressman in the united states house of representatives tweeting now that Antifa are terrorists, does that mean we can hunt them down like we do in the Middle East? About a word that's basically just used to talk about liberal activists. Yeah, I mean, so did he's you basically see that saying, can we shoot liberal activists? That tweet did get flagged for violence. Yeah, so he it's finally, like, yeah. Matt Gates got what he wanted, which is to be just like, just like his idol, President Trump. So now Trump has been flagged for violence and now he's flagged for violence. So I bet they're really excited to be in that little camp together. Yeah, I know. It's really easy to like underestimate. I mean, you see the protests and you think, okay, most of the people that aren't there are apathetic. No, 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 no. A lot of people that aren't there are actively against what people are asking for, which is like respect for life, specifically black life. Yeah. I mean, Uh, and it's, I get it, you know, Everybody, we're all balancing the fact that there's a literal pandemic with trying to get to different areas. I know for me, it was tough at first for me to find a protest that I could even get to because I am not 
mobile <laughs> right now. I don't yeah. have a bicycle. I like I haven't ridden a bicycle as transportation since 1998. I don't think it would be smart for me to. You know, it might because at least literally in the past like week, I have refound riding a bike. I've lived in New York for 11 years. I've always been way too scared. I bought a helmet. I've been going out every day. It's so amazing. That's, that's you can the big it. thing is I need a helmet. You need a helmet. That, that's the biggest barrier. <laughs> I need a helmet and I am scared. I have been thinking about getting into Revel, which are the oh, best yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can pick up and then I'll be all over. But anyway, it took me a minute to be able to find a something in my area. I was able to find a vigil for George Floyd in McCarran Park that was actually really nice. Everyone's doing what they can, but I understand being scared. Yeah. I understand being scared because we're like, it's got the violence that we're seeing against the protesters is really scary. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's telling that like, this is reminder of global pandemic, but people are gathering in London, Amsterdam, Berlin, Rio de Janeiro, and other cities to show support for black lives matter activists to show support for black people in America because yeah. of the way that this country is treating them. I mean, if the world knows. The world knows what if, is if going America on. America was a different country. We would be the president would be denouncing the actions. I mean, maybe not this one. Sometimes yeah, you can convince him, but like we, the world, it, it is a great national shame the way that we treat black people in this country, and the world knows what we are yes. doing, and our reputation as a leader, whatever. Like it is tarnished by that. It's tarnished by. A large number of things we've done but it like it's tarnished by that and there will like whatever the legacy of the american empire is like this will always be a part of it right absolutely yeah yeah i was talking to a friend of mine who's black and she was saying that a, a friend of hers who lived internationally was like try wanted to move to the states but as she was considering it it's like you think okay people think about america but if you're black you literally have to think pretty hard about what state you're going to move to like, there are 50 different versions of how you could be treated. Maybe not that many. And obviously in the entire country, nobody is immune from this. And this happens everywhere. Yeah, Amy um, Cooper in Central yeah, Park Central in New York. Park. The liberal bastion of whatever, a Hillary Clinton voter herself, you know. Los Angeles is, uh, like, I don't know if immigrant, more immigrants live in any other city other than maybe New York. Yeah. Yeah. So disturbing scenes. Also, um, I also saw uh, NDC, a homeowner let in about 100 protesters who were fleeing from police. Um, and it looked like law enforcement was trying to get in. Um, maybe he had seen that in Philadelphia earlier that day, as we say, police unleashed tear gas on a group of protesters who were on a highway embankment. So they had nowhere to go when they were literally being gassed. Like they were so, can you imagine the terror? Yeah, it's, um, it's it's really, really scary. And the videos that I have seen have really disturbed me. Um, one other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that yesterday, two independent autopsy reports deemed George Floyd's death a homicide. They differ over what caused it, but this is important because um, one autopsy report had tried to say that it was like, Oh, he had underlying health conditions. Yeah. That just happened to get activated in the nine minutes he was being choked right. to death by a man's knee. Mm -hmm. Like, would these underlying health conditions have spontaneously erupted at that time anyway? Right. He was going to drop dead in that instant anyway. We just happened yeah. to be suffocating him. 
Yeah, exactly. It was like, it's, I mean, it's crazy. So experts hired by Floyd's family concluded that he died of asphyxia from sustained pressure, which is what literally all of us saw on tape. And what he told them was happening. And what, yeah, what he verbalized was happening and what every single person who watched that video saw. So great. I'm glad that we confirmed with science what was seen by our own eyes. Yeah. Um, They also said that Floyd was dead within four minutes after he was held to the ground. So we know that he was held down for nine minutes. So this, this officer didn't even let up when he had actually successfully murdered someone. Nor did any of the officers around say, oh shit, he might be dead. We need to resuscitate him. Yep. Because this is another thing I don't get, I don't think gets talked about enough in, in these murders is not only are you killing somebody and ending their life, he was dead for four minutes. You didn't try to bring him back. Right? Like, don't officers have some basic training in that kind of a... They do. And they just like didn't see him as a person that should be brought back to life. And that's what people are out in the streets saying needs to change. And that's the real key. And that's the real key. And a reminder that those four officers, or was it three or four that stood by? I think it was three that stood by four total. And then four total. Okay, the three officers who stood by, no consequences for them other than that they're not police officers anymore. Right. But they're like free to do whatever, whatever else. Okay. It's just very upsetting. Um, the medical examiner's office, however, so this is the other, we were saying there were two reports. The report from the medical examiner's office concluded that Floyd didn't suffocate. He died of heart failure that was brought on by the incident, which I guess, I mean, does the distinction matter in the grand scheme of things? Right. I mean, when you're under like intense medical distress like that as a result of an action, somebody, some, some, somebody's doing something like that to you, a number of like biological responses can end to your death. But both of these say he died because he was crushed to the ground for nine minutes. Yeah. Um, so services for Floyd, he's going to be laid to rest on June 9th. I don't really know any information about those. I mean, I imagine Floyd it's Mayweather just- is paying for the funeral. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be like a public event. Obviously, everything's really crazy because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And it's like, we've all had to kind of prioritize like, okay, protesting is protesting and speaking out about this issue is so important that we do have to go out. When, mm-hmm. it, when I've been at the protests, everyone's been wearing masks. Same, yeah. But it's still a risk that we're all taking to gather in public, even though it's in open air and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And if you're really worried, I actually heard a good tip that um, maybe avoid the ones where they're just stationary large crowds. Um, As long as you're moving, you're probably okay. So if you're really worried but want to get out there, try to stay in like a moving crowd and just try to stay moving. Yeah, yeah, because it has the virus like is less likely to get us if we're constantly moving. Yeah, because it's like this whatever yeah. I'm, I'm about I to mean, be like, I don't know how oh, that yeah, applies to huge, huge like, groups of dense people but that's what Alicia's uh doctor uh boyfriend said yeah I mean that's great uh, that's yeah. really good to know but it is like it is crazy because I've known you know funeral services have been so disrupted by this pandemic I'm like mm-hmm. we've still again we have a hundred 
thousand people dead from coronavirus. That's still happening. Those people have not been able to have a proper funeral. I don't know what they're going to be able to do for George Floyd. Who knows? I mean, it might be a public gathering because that's just what's necessary at this moment. But then it's like, all of those people are taking a risk again. And it's, it's, it's just really hard. It's, it's almost an impossible calculation that people who care about coronavirus and who are thoughtful about the fact that there's a pandemic and who also want to speak out and who also realize that these protests are vital. Like, it's this impossible calculation that we all have to make to participate right. yeah. and also be safe. I think what you said is like the best thing you can do is just find like the, the best balance where you're achieving the most of either like yeah. be as safe as possible and as involved as possible, even if it's not your involvement isn't in a way that it normally would be like, it's also a fact that, yeah, I've, I've sort of been weighing. It's like, we know this pandemic is disproportionately killing people of color. So if I'm going to go out there, I like, I don't want one fucking germ coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like, I I know it's scary because like a lot of the protests, if they're, if they're happening in a place with like, you know, a community of color, then it's like, are we now bringing the coronavirus to this community? Yeah. And like, am I going to be a vector of coronavirus to this community or to the community where I live, which is also a majority people of color. So it's just a really tough and impossible calculation. And I think, yeah, it just all comes down to trying to be as safe as possible while also using your voice. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep watching this and we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. I think we plan to, I guess we haven't said this, but we plan to keep this daily format for the time being. Um, Mm -hmm. You guys, the listeners have responded really well to it. It works for us. We get to address all of the things we want to when we do it every day. Whereas in the past, like so much happens day to day. Sometimes a few days would go by and you guys would ask why we didn't touch something. And we're like, well, it was from two days ago. So we didn't know. Imagine trying to like, like only doing a podcast in the afternoon yesterday. And then we would come back or we would do it today and it would have to cover the entire weekend and yesterday. Yeah. And then we would do one Thursday and it has to like, it just would not be working. So we like this. Hopefully you guys like it too. Yes, absolutely. Um, And until the end of the pandemic, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this is the SUP Daily Coronacast. The Betcha Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. The Sup is created by Sammy Fishbein. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.